He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 116 of the Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Barry O'Hanrahan and I'm joined for this very special preview episode of the 145th Open Championship by Steve Bamford of golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Steve, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming back on the show. Always love getting um, somebody who knows what they're talking about on the show to help our listeners uh, preview the event and get some ideas about where they might put their few uh, shillings on. Um, James can't make it this week. He's, uh, he's stuck in court, but uh, hopefully to free himself up to watch a bit of golf later on uh, in the week. What's he done? <laughs> James is on the um, the other side of the uh, yeah, in the courtroom. He represents... Absolutely. Uh, I think why stray from our usual format? It seems to work so well for us every time round. So let's crack on and get talking about the golf course. Um, Royal Troop, the old course. It's one. Of, it's it's one of the sort of less used courses of the Open Road to Road in recent times. So the last time that we saw action here was back in two thousand and. Uh, 2004. So, um, with a course like that, you know, it's it's um, it's a little bit of a challenge to kind of get your head around how, with the modern game, it's going to play. Now, I've seen various quotes going back to um, the year Todd Hamilton won there, saying that um, you know the wind doesn't blow, the course is there for the taking. It's a very fair test, which you know, tends to be golf and parlance. If, if the wind isn't blowing. You know we're going to shoot very low scores. Um, it isn't. It doesn't come across as your sandwich type difficulty or, or linksiness, if you see where I'm heading with that. But um, I think that the, the real interesting uh, angle that seems to be coming out of commentary, Paul, Paul Williams, my European tour a partner, has pulled together the main tips for this week. I've supported him with some longer shots. It's going to be, obviously, and this is the case with Lynx Golf in general, the wind or, or, or the rain or the actual what's going to happen with the weather up there in Ayrshire. And as you know, from your part of the world, you'll be very au fait with this. You can see forecasts and then all of a sudden weather's very, very localised and it's due to rain but it doesn't rain or it's going to be a clear day and all of a sudden it's, there's a hoolie going on and it's blowing 50 miles an hour. But the predominant feature that we're seeing in um, weather forecast this week is that the, the talk, uh, previous uh, renewals here often featured the prevailing northwesterly wind, which makes the front six or seven holes play quite easily because the wind tends to be behind the players. But the last 10, 11 holes is into that prevailing wind predominantly, which makes the back nine particularly t- difficult. But typically, 
it looks like there's going to be a southerly to a southeasterly wind this this year round, uh, this time round, which actually looks like most of the holes are going to be playing with a quite a strong cross breeze. So that brings a whole new dynamic to the actual tournament. Um, weather-wise, it looks like Thursday could be very, very calm and tranquil, so the course could be there for the taking. Um, they organisers have admitted, and it's you know it's quite clear that July's been very wet, and the course does look extremely lush. So expect some receptive greens. Expect fairways that won't run more ten, more than ten or fifteen yards. Which actually means that if you're looking for players to include this week, you know those that are quite, not quite as accurate off the tee won't face the kind of punishment that you would do if it was firm or fast. So yeah, it's a difficult to one, a difficult one to call. Weather-wise, it also looks like uh, Friday is going to feature lots of rain and lots of wind. Saturday is going to be extremely windy, and then it all calms down on Sunday. But the actual wind direction itself seems to be quite consistent. That that south southeasterly wind, which looks like it's going to be quite a challenge with the crosswinds that are going to be going to be the players to be playing. In. So, but with the course being soft, um, would you say that uh, length would be a factor this week then in helping players to to overcome the challenge of the course? Well, two thousand and four featured, you know, then. A lot of a lot of the longer hitters were, up the t- were towards the head of the leaderboard. Uh, Hamilton was tenth in driving distance. Ells was fourth. Mickelson was fifteenth. But the, in general, they say it's a course that can't really be overpowered. Um, it tends to be a course that really brings the better all-round players into the mix. And, I, I, and uh, if you look at the all-round rankings of, of the guys that were at the top of the leaderboard back in '04, you will see that most of them had a decent all-round game with a level of accuracy, some nice greens and regulations, and decent short, a decent short game. So in a way, I, I don't think length hell, uh, hurts. Whether it's an absolute bombers track remains to be seen, really. But then, you know, you could have said the same thing about Oakmont a few weeks ago, and then, you know, you've got Dustin Johnson not only hitting 320 yards, but he's hitting the sort of He's fourth or fifth in driving accuracy. You know that that's going to be effective on any kind of course. Yeah, no, that was a, that was extremely impressive what he did to that course and kind of uh, flew in the face of convention and what we all thought would happen for the week with a lot of uh, irons off the tees and uh, he kind of took that took that place apart. Um, the, I've heard a lot of the players talking about the greens being reasonably small um, when compared to other Lynx greens um, not in the grand scheme of greens but um, in terms of Lynx greens they can be quite small and with roll-offs as well with with crosswinds hitting for most of the events this will make the targets effectively tiny so would that kind of point to somebody who's a very good ball striker with their irons or who's a greens and regulation monster? I think what it, I think what it points to really is someone that's going to going to have to have some kind of short game um, you know and, and when you're looking at a lot of the, the well known bombers out there um, I think you're going to have to be quite a doughty competitor so you know we can most opens tend to tend to uh, go the way of players that uh, have got a level of scrambling ability just because you know those kind of 80 83% 
um, greens in regulation percentages that we often see on the PGO Tour and at the European Tour, it just won't happen this week. Um, you know, you may well see greens in regulation numbers closer to the mid 60s being a very good total. I mean, early early Els back in uh, early Els back in 2004 was sixth for greens in regulation, and he was on 68 percent. So, you know, anything over 70 percent this week with those crosswinds. Is going to be uh, it's going to be a fair number. It certainly is. All right, all right. Uh, finding out a few little facts about why it might help us find uh, one or two guys to back. Um, well, should we just crack on into getting to the top of the market? I mean, we we, we kind of know what we're looking for all, uh, a little bit, and um, we can start to look at what players are there and what they have, and if they can use that to their advantage this week. I think it could build a case for any of the top four. I mean, you, you can say that every week, can't you, in every tournament they play. Um, I've seen uh, very positive uh, views on Jordan Speed, who are 12 to 1 for a major. You know, that's a very, very tempting price. If it is going to be a course where uh, greens in regulation is going to be very, very difficult, the fact that he's, you know, he's struggling with his greens in regulation and his long game at the moment might not be such a deciding factor for him. Um, it was noticeable, wasn't it, at Bridgestone? I think he was something like third or fourth uh, worst for greens in regulation, still, but he still managed to, you know, to work a way out where he could actually be competitive around Firestone. Now, Firestone a few weeks ago is a totally different course to this. But, you know, you can certainly see with speed putting seemingly back or having a hot putter speed being in the mix. Uh, McElroy, um, for me, and, you know, I often get shot down in flames, when when wind is howling uh, and it's and from, you know, and it's across as well, I often think that doesn't tend to fit Rory's game or his mentality overly well. Um, I, I, I'd be loath personally to back him it's interesting that Paddy Power in the last half an hour have actually um, gone out to eleven to ones, which you know, and Paddy, as you know, as you know, tend to be a very, fun, very short price bookmaker on Rory for obvious reasons. Jason Day, yeah, great short game, um, hitting lots of greens regular uh, regulation at the moment. There seems to be this. You know, it's often a trend, isn't there? But and there's a trend with the world number ones. That they don't tend to uh, to win this tournament in the Open. And then, you know, and at the top of the betting, sure, uh, Dustin Johnson is kind of vying with favouritism with with Jason Day. You know, 2014, Rory McIlroy won through on the bounce, didn't he? Um, I think a lot of people are favouring DJ because we just know that you know he, he's fantastic in the win. He loves links golf. He, he plays very very well on. Poana Greens or pure Poana Poana Greens that we saw at Oakville. If you're looking, you know, if you're looking down the line of those four, everything at the moment does point to Dustin Johnson and and Paul has headlined him in his uh, in his tips this week. Uh, Seventeenth, he's gone Stan James. uh, He's got win only. And uh, that comes out, uh, I think it was 17 to 2, the price. Let me just check that for you. Yeah, he's pretty much showing at 9s across the board here on odds yeah. checker at the moment. Grab effectively 19 to 2, so 9, nine and a half to 1 of Dustin Johnson with Stan James and Arnold win only. And that's what Paul uh, 
uh, he, he released that about 90 minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, certainly with the, the way Dustin's been playing, he run this tournament nine times, you can't see him not getting that one victory for sure. And uh, he's been putting in all the sort, the right sorts of preparation for this as well. He was over here in Ireland this weekend, on the weekend just gone by, played um, Port Marnock and then also the Island, which are the two courses myself and Chris Solomon from No Laying Up played a couple of weekends ago. Um, you won't get two better tests of links golf than that over here to, to prepare yourself for an Open Championship. It'd be interesting to know who actually advised him to go to those, those courses. Obviously someone you know, very knowledgeable. I mean, he must have picked up our podcast from somewhere around the <laughs> somewhere along the line. He jumped um, straight in the Learjet and got over there. Uh, he, yeah, could have, could have. I mean, look, the, the great thing is, I mean, it's the two courses will actually, from what I can see about Troon and what I remember when I've been reading up on it, the, the, the things you will have practiced there at Port Marnock, which is largely very flat and very open, exposed to the wind. Um, and then you have the island, which has it's a bit more undulating and larger dunes around the place. It's a good combination of um, practice in terms of the skill sets you'll need for the for playing a troon this week. So doing all the right things, and uh, he's been playing phenomenal. So I can't see him not featuring or being in the mix come Sunday. So yeah, I don't know. You know, for me personally, um, I would err with both DJ and Speed at the top four. I just, but this tends to be the championship, doesn't it? Where you know, if you're going to get a longer priced winner of, of the of the four majors, it tends to be the Open. So it's certainly worth looking, you know, quite considerably in deep into the markets for value. Hmm. This. Uh... One of the things that I've uh, heard a lot of comments on by the players this week that is, it's this is one of the fairest open tests of golf. And when they say fair, that means to me they don't see one particular type of player being able to dominate this golf course, which that which then lends itself to more it being open to more players to challenging and competing for the title. Would that be pretty accurate? I think so. You know, the way I've looked at it. Clearly, you need players who are comfortable with the win. Um, and when I say win, I mean challenging crosswinds. So, you know, they can play different kinds of shots in terms of the elevation and the way they approach things. You, you, you've got to be looking, not for an out and out grinder, but someone that's got some mouse, you know, to hit different kinds of shots, shot shapes, pigeon runs. The course is going to play soft, though. So, um, if you've got a, a, a player that's more comfortable in softer, more receptive type uh, uh, conditions, that's that's going to be a huge plus as well. I actually think my personal view on this is um, you can see Thursday being fairly low scoring because it, it does look particularly tranquil. The course is going to be you know, pretty receptive. So you know, and I think players know that if they can get out there and post a good score. Um, that's going to hold me very good stead. And from there on, you know, Friday looks a lot tougher. It, 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 you know, it, it looks like it could win uh, rain for a considerable length of time for the morning starters. And then when the rain disappears, potentially the wind's going to be at its strongest. Looks like 30k up to 30 kmh. And Saturday just looks like a real grind. You know, it's the, the, the risk of rain, but also even stronger crosswinds. 
at that point, if you've got, say, a six, seven underscore from the Thursday in the bank, you know, like Dustin Johnson did at Oakmont effectively, though, you know, those shots gained are going to be very, very useful. Uh, Sunday looks a lot, uh, a lot easier than the Saturday. So, you know, I think previous renewals here have kind of been 10, 11 under mark. You can kind of see that 11 or maybe 12, 13 under being the target score, something around that kind of mark. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the guys hang on to their sco- their Thursday score be through the Friday and the Saturday. Um, certainly easier to to have it and uh, and hold on to it than to try gain and catch up with people in the tough conditions. Yeah, the advantage you know if you compare this to Oakmont, the advantage that players will have is even with crosswinds in play, you've got far, you know you've got two very very reachable par fives. Uh, and they're in the first. They're on. They're on the. You know. They're in the first six holes. So you know. You you've got par fives that will be scorable this week, which you didn't clearly have at Oakmont, where the par fives were very very tough, as we said they would be. So you know that that certainly will help with scoring. Um, you know you don't see it being that kind of sub five under winning this. If you think it's going to be more, it's going to be double digits for players that are playing extremely well. I just think though, you know, that you're going to have to have players and we know that a lot of the Americans that come over don't tend to do this particularly well. It's doughty competitors who, you know, who don't mind shooting the level score across a particular nine holes knowing that that actually is going to keep them really in contention and don't go flag hunting on holes where, you know, where you could make double or worse. It's interesting the American angle when it comes to the the Open Championship at Troon. I think it's the last six winners at Troon have all been Americans. Yeah, that's very true. It's just an, an unusual anomaly, but uh, maybe uh, maybe there's some Europeans or uh, guys from other nationalities. I'm sure they all have different ideas about that this week. You know, obviously Todd Hamilton, American, but don't forget he played a lot of his golf in on the Japanese tour, hadn't he? He was a real kind of global player. He played a few of the minor tours, and then he uh, he won the Honda Classic the year he won this, which, as we know, Honda Classic down at uh, down in Florida, even though it's changed course, it's always a very windy golf tournament and always has been. So there were signs. It was a crazy price, but um, you know. He was a doubt. He, he wasn't what you classify as a, a real classical swing kind of golf player. He, he knew how to get around the golf course and post a score in tough conditions. So, you know, it, I think it's going to be a similar position. And you can say that about Dustin Johnson. You know, we've seen him at Sandwich. We've seen him, uh, you know, when it comes to technical grinds, he's just as effective. So, you know, putting Dustin up as, uh, as, as his main pick, I can see where Paul's heading with that reserve. Mm-hmm. So moving a little bit further down outside the uh, the big four there we have Adam Scott, Sergio Garcia Brandon Grace, Henrik Stenson and Ricky Fowler, they're in the next kind of 20s to 30s on odds um, I Sergio was one of my favorite big picks this week um, I, f- I feel, I hope it's his time I'd love to see him win regardless of having money on him or not um, he has a ridiculous open record. Uh, great, great ball striker. Great shot shaper, and um, loves loves grinding in the the Open Championship. Um, any any good vibes for Sergio this week? You can never, as a tipster, you can never win with Sergio. So I've I've got on our Facebook group, listeners, um, golf betting system. We've got a Facebook group, closed group. So you're more than welcome to join. 
uh, it's about three and a half thousand or getting on for three and a half thousand gold puns on there. And within five seconds or you know a minute, you get the you get the, the comment. Oh, not Sergio Garcia again. He never wins. Uh, but I, I, Paul hasn't picked Sergio this week, but I, I have, and I found a very interesting market for Sergio Garcia. Now, Sergio is as short as 20 to 1 with Stan James, who have got seven places each way. They're genuine court the odds. But I found uh, 18 to 1, there's a, market, uh, there's, a, there's a market available with quite a few bookmakers without the big four. And I've tipped him up in my alternate, alternative markets piece. 18 to 1 in the without uh, DJ, Day, McElroy and Spieth market and I, you know, I've tipped him up each way I think that's a cracking bet I that, generally do that's a magnificent price considering they're all gone uh, the top four wow very interesting you know with the best will in the world you cannot see one the, at the very least one of the big names being right in the hunt two yeah I can certainly see that so all of a sudden if you've got two of those guys finishing in the top five you're effectively getting down to seventh place and I think Sergio's got a big big chance this week and as we know, yeah, he probably won't win, but I can certainly see him being in contention. I really can. Right. I think the course suits him, I really do. Yeah, he's got a decent short game, he's high on confidence, uh, played very well at Oakmont. Um, he's you know, long off the tee, but accurate off the tee. Um, a decent win play, he's done very well in Qatar. And as you said, his Open Championship record is fantastic. He was second two years ago to McElroy, the only player that really got relatively close to him. I, I, I genuinely think Sergio at 18 to 1 without the big four is a fantastic bet. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Scott's been pretty quiet of late, but um, you know he's, uh, he's got a good Open Championship record himself. Um, be interesting to see how he goes this week. He seems to just fall off the radar. I mean, he had those that two those two hot weeks earlier in the year uh, where he won back to back and then just kind of gone a bit quiet again. But there he there he is at twenties, twenty twos. Uh, yeah, I'll just highlight quickly. Sergio's available eighteen to one uh, in that top without the top four. That that's a price you can get at both Paddy Power and you can also get that at Bet Victor just for listeners. Um, yeah, Paul's actually gone with Adam Scott as his second pick this week, and um, he was waxing lyrically at the Bridgestone a few weeks ago that he was really pleased that his long game and his, and his iron play was getting back to where he felt he needs to be to be competitive at majors. Um, he was actually ninth in greens in regulation, but he was uh, he, he scrambled well, and he was fifth, for tea, fifth in tee to green category for that. And as you and as you pointed out, Scott, very canny operator, a decent links golfer, tends to do well when the conditions are a little bit softer, which will suit. Um, Paul's got two points each way, twenty-five to one with Coral, who are paying seven places each way at fifty odds on Scott. So yes, uh, has experience here. Played near back in 04, I think it was in the forties when he was a young whippersnapper. But yes, Scott, that's that's one of Paul's selections this week. Two points each way, twenty-fives. Think he can think he can have a very good week and you know decent win player and if we talk about this, 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 this I, I don't know a lot of the listeners probably won't have read around or just, they they're just sort of starting to do their research. There is a definitive link uh, with players that have done well around uh, around the course and the Honda Classic going way back. And of course, who won the Honda Classic this year, 2016? It was Adam Scott. 
And that proves to you that he's a fantastic whip player when he's playing really well with the driver and playing well with his iron. So, yeah, Scott, decent shout. All right. Uh, just behind him in the betting is Brandon Grace, who was one of the lowest ball flights on tour. Um, had a pretty good showing in Scotland last week, but when the conditions got bad, so did his golf, and he really fell apart. Um, a little bit of a question mark over his mentality uh, going into this week if the conditions do get tough on Friday and Saturday, but has uh, certainly shown the ability to um, to get himself on the mix in these big events and just ticked off a PGA Tour win there recently, so despite that little kind of bobble in Scotland last week or uh, you know, tripping up, he's got to be pretty confident of his chances. I know a lot of, a lot of early bird punters got on um, Grace you know, at prices you know, north of 50 to 1. And uh, they're kind of sitting quite pretty at the moment, aren't they? You know, Grace is a fantastic links player. Um, did show a little bit of weakness last week. Now, whether that was... I don't know, was, was, that, uh, was that concentration or was that him just playing a canny game, not really wanting, wanting to sort of put pedal to the metal uh, the week before the Open? You know, different players have different strategies, don't they? You know, for every Phil Mickelson that went to Castle Stewart and won and then won, at, uh, won the week after at Bergdale, uh, or no, Newfield, sorry, um, a lot of players like to kind of get in contention and then they kind of ooh, just ease off a little bit. So, yeah, I, yeah Grace is a great shout and uh, lots and lots of punters are on him. His price went as short as 25 when he was leaving the Scottish Open, but uh, you, can grab, you can grab 30 to 1 at the moment with Bet365. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be a very popular player for sure this week. Um, oh, yeah, the bookmakers will take an absolute hiding in Grace with yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, on to the, the standard elephant in the room when it comes to majors. Henrik Stenson. Smiling. <laughs> no, no surprise. I'll, the, the, I'll leave Henrik to you because, you know, he has got a decent links pedigree, hasn't he? I mean, he's striking the ball extremely well at the moment. Yeah, um... No surprise that I have money on him. I don't think I can actually not put money on him at this stage, having stuck with him for so long. So um, I, I, I think he'd need to win two or three of these for me, me to make my money back on it. But um, it's kind of an, an enjoyment factor at this stage, or pain factor, if you, if you will, from backing Henrik. He has a great open record, uh, won three weeks ago. Um, I just heard from Bobby earlier that he had a bit of a chat with Pete Cowan um, about his game and seems to be in a better mental place. He's a great ball striker, greens and regulation monster, so if he can get up around those high 60s in greens and regulation and some, somehow miss in the right spots because the short game isn't that great, um, he could stand a chance this week. The, the greens aren't that slopey, so putting doesn't need to be... You don't need to be a highly skilled putter, in my opinion, this week. No, he's a, he's a fantastic Ben Poe and you mix uh, putter anyway. He, he often, you know, you look at his record; he's got a lot of good wins and results on on, on that kind of mix. So the greens won't phase him. Hmm. I'll leave I'll leave it at that, on Henrik. Um, <laughs> I'm sure anyone who's a long time listener to the podcast has heard all my thoughts on him at this stage. Um, moving down to Ricky Fowler, who really kind of had a bad little stretch of three missed cuts, but. Seems to be finding something in his game. We all know Ricky is a phenomenal battler and a brilliant player in the wind. Really enjoys shaping shots and imagining shots and uh, and pulling them off. 
do you think Ricky can kind of almost play himself into form this week into putting four rounds together? He burnt me at Augusta. He burnt me at Oakmont. Uh, missed cuts in both. But Paul has stayed loyal to Ricky. Uh, he knows how it works. You know, I tip him up twice, missed cut. Don't tip him this week. He wins. So he's gone one and a half points each way, 33 to 1 with Sporting Bell, Ricky Fowler. And I can see his logic because we all know that, you know, the record for Americans here is fantastic. Uh, Ricky's got a fantastic record across the Honda Classic. If you look at the RBC Heritage at Harbour Town, he's got a top 10 there. He's played well over championships in the past. Did well at Sandwich. Did well uh, the year that, uh, uh, two years ago when uh, 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 Rory won at Royal Liverpool, Birkdale. And he started to actually He's been saying in interviews that the real problem that he's been having is with the fact that he just can't get the ball close enough to the hole and he's been struggling with his proximity, the crispness of his eyes. And it was interesting at uh, Firestone a few weeks ago, uh, he was seventh in proximity to the pin and he, he came out of that tournament saying that he was much, uh, much more positive about his tee to green game. And that is going to be his strength this week. Um, he, like you said, loves playing in the wind, uh, can shape the ball you know, with a fade or a draw, uh, different elevations. He's long off the tee, but fairly accurate as well. I think we, you know, we genuinely uh, both think this end that he's got a very, very good shout. And do you know what? You know, we, you know, we know that Ricky's been in contention in majors. We know he hasn't got the job done. But it could be, and I said this at Oman a few weeks ago, it could be when the spotlight isn't on him that all of a sudden the game clicks and it tends to be with Ricky. Don't forget, he won the Scottish Open last year, didn't he? Didn't he at um, Calais? It can often be something just sparks a week before, uh, and this happened before he won the Players Championship at Sawgrass. He found something in his game the week before the World Match Play. I think he got something like the last sixteen or quarter finals there. Uh, found something in his game. The ball striking clicked, and all of a sudden he's right back in contention again. So you know, we're thinking a similar thing's going to happen this week. So uh, you, you can still get you still get thirty threes on Ricky at uh, either Boyle Sports or Ladbrokes, uh, six places each way. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching him play golf this week. Uh, I love watching him. Um, so, somebody who enjoys the Lynx Challenge and can uh, can go at it. Uh, I love watching that happen on TV in front of me. Um, a little bit further out now, we have Justin Rose. Phil Mickelson, Lee Westwood. Let's take the three, the trio together, I guess. So you have Phil and Lee, um, the kind of elder statesmen. They have an interesting grouping, actually. Was it Mickelson, Westwood, and Ernie Els? Yeah. Uh, some experience there, isn't there? Oh, unbelievable amounts. Yeah. Um, Westwood's playing well. It's just it's just comes down to the mental game on Sunday, really. I mean, I, I, I can see him being there and around, floating in around the top ten on Sunday and in benign conditions on Sunday, or what looks like benign conditions on Sunday, there's a chance to have a little run at it. Um, it's just whether the head can hold up to it, I guess. I think this lighter schedule has worked in his favour. He seems to be able to focus more on, on you know on, on the bigger targets. Um, you look you looked at him at the Masters. He, he you know he said he said this at the time, didn't he? That the wind and the fact that scoring was relatively high played into his played to his strengths because he's not hitting enough greens. He didn't hit nearly enough greens at Oakmont, but for three rounds, his short game, his putting were absolutely phenomenal. 
and he stayed right in the mix. And then, you know, that, that trend continued on Sunday. He kept missing green after green, and then all of a sudden, the kind of semi Ballesteros short game disappeared, and it was bogey, double bogey, bogey, and he, he completely disappeared. But yeah, you know, tougher conditions, soft golf course, he's long off the tee. You can see Westwood being in the mix, another player with a fantastic open championship record. Um, I just don't think Justin's played enough golf recently. You know, mm-hmm. that, that back injury has set him back. But, you know, you look at someone like Justin Rose, he often comes very strong later on in the season. So, you know, expect a charge in the FedEx Cup Series, something like this, where, you know, he wins a big tournament and, uh, you know, potentially could go very close at somewhere like Eastlake at uh, the Tour Championship. Um Phil, Phil's just an enigma, isn't he? His actual tee to green game at Castle Stewart last week was, was particularly strong. Particularly strong. He just doesn't seem to be able to get momentum going, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, it, it's it's a strange season. He seems to be threatening to break out and have a win. All the parts of the game seem to be pretty solid, but for whatever reason, he just can't seem to string them all together into one package on a given week. Um, I think that's reflected in his price. I mean, the bookies are some bookies have him down as low as thirties, others have him out at nearly forty fives. So I think um, that that shows that people can't really make their mind up on him. Uh, he's got every facet of the game, hasn't he? He, he? he finished in the top three here last time the tour visited, so or the Open visited. So he's got great course experience. Um, he's a value each way better, forty-five to one, isn't it? Undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There, there seems to be a part of the jigsaw missing, and he tends to do better at majors where he's really hitting that major with real momentum. Yeah, strange one for Phil. Um, I won't be putting any money on this week. I got burned on him at the US Open, so uh, he got he got benched. <laughs> yeah. Onto some really tempting bets at the fifty to one mark. Uh, these, I'm sure, these guys will be extremely popular with the punters this week. You know, n- nice mid range value and really really good golfers. So you have Oosthuizen, Westhuizen, Lowry, Keimer, Masters champion Danny Willett, and uh, you've. Defending champion Zach Johnson. There's some cracking golfers there at really generous, nice prices. How do you, um, question for you, how do you see Shane bouncing back from uh, Oakmont? Is he, is he the kind that can kind of shrug that off after a couple of weeks and, and be right back in it? Take the positives from Oakmont. You know, I am one of the best players in the world. I could have won my first major. So let's you know let's crack on and try and prove it again this week. Is that his mentality or? Yeah, I was watching the um, hat tip to Sky. Their coverage this week has been bloody brilliant so far, and just so much in depth. They have this like daily show for an hour and a half, and they had um, Larry on their uh, thing they call the zone. They've Claude Harmon there. They get the players to hit a few shots, talk about the shot types they're going for each week, and Larry seemed very relaxed. I mean, obviously still showing and uh, you can hear it that he's, there's still scars from what happened to him at Oakmont but he is that kind of happy-go-lucky character that seems to would be able to get over it better day by day and learn from it um, I, I think he's you know I think he'll be alright we all know he's a phenomenal um, shaper of the golf ball and really you know, grew up he has Lynx golf in his blood so 
Uh, I could see him going pretty okay this week. And a fantastic scramble to boot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So good that the pros watch him practice. I mean, that 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 says it all, really. Yeah, obviously, you know, Oakmont happened. He then went to Firestone and had to defend, you know, his, his first ever World Golf Championship, which is never an easy assignment. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure on him whatsoever this week. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, you could see him going exceptionally well, couldn't you? Especially, especially at a course where something like seventy percent GIR is going to be a phenomenal mark in high wind, you know, relatively high winds. So yeah, there's some value in fifty to one, and he's generally available for him. Yeah, and there's a bit of a parallel to you know Rory when Rory blew up at Augusta and and bounced back later in the year and. Uh, well, this is the whole point, isn't it? Different players do different things. You know, uh, some players that could set them back for years mentally, and others kind of take a couple of weeks, get get themselves over it, and they're straight back on it because they know they're playing really good golf. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Shane is in the set, the latter category there. Um, hope. Lots of people are very keen on Martin Keimer this week. Uh, you know, real course manager, a grinder, has a decent record by the coast. Um, the only thing that puts me off Keimer when you look at his numbers is his putting is it's, it's just not good enough at the moment to you know to win a major championship. If, it, if the putting improves this week, you can see him being right in the mix. And you know, motivation-wise. He, he, he isn't in the automatic spots by any shape, shape or form for the Ryder Cup. So he needs to be performing at a very high level to, to either get a spot or a captain's pick. So I, I know a lot of people are sweet on Kyber this week. Yeah, I'm one of them. Um, I've been keeping an eye on him the last two, three months. He's just been showing progressive signs of better and better form and coming back to, to, to what we know he can play. So... Um, yeah, hopefully the, the putting isn't going to be super important this week and if he can have a slightly above average week for himself, he can get himself into contention and at 50-1, uh, to 1, I'm definitely happy to take him on. Oh yeah, value, value punt, another great Detroit punt there. He's gonna, he's going to be massively popular. Danny Willett, uh, he seems to be having a bit of a post-masters downturn, which you kind of expect. And Zach Johnson, he hasn't been playing particularly well this year, has he? 66s. I know when he won the tournament two uh, or 12 months ago, he came off a third, didn't he, in the John Deere Classic, straight in here off the plane and played phenomenally well. Just hasn't been a spark this year so far for Johnson. I don't, I don't know if it's that change to PXG or it just hasn't found form. But again, he's another one that you can, you can see the numbers starting to improve and you could also see him putting in a bit of a bit of a last-minute kind of uh, spurt to get involved in the right automatic qualification. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he'll surely have great vibes back this week, you know, um, defending champion. So that that can that could help kickstart things from you know find a little bit of form. So yeah, we're kind of hitting to the mid-range outsiders now. You know, you're looking at uh, Matsuyama, Kucher, Patrick Reed, Charles Schwartzel, who actually has moved over to PXG this week, which is a really unusual decision. He must have, uh, he must really be liking what the clubs are doing to put them in a bag in a major week um, in tough conditions. Um, Bubba Watson, who openly says he hates hitting blind shots, of which there are quite a few at this course. So I suppose that's reflected in why he's out at 66s and 70 in places. Yeah. Um, Andy Sullivan playing really well at the moment. Yeah, just about to go there. Very good shout. I, I, he's playing great. 
loves to grind and um, seems in good form. Seems happy this week. He did one of those Sky Sports in the zone things, and uh, yes. If Andy, if Andy had stayed at the price he was pre Scottish Open, where you could just you could squeak a hundred to one on a, with a couple of firms, I'd have been on him for a long shot this week. Mm. Yeah, undoubtedly, he's, he's too he's too short for me. I, 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 we tried to get him sort of uh, you know, 90, 90 to one above on our on our longer shots. Yeah. Sullivan, there's a lot of positives on Sullivan. Paul though, he's gone for Graham McDowell. That's his final selection this week. Graham McDowell, who uh, he's at half a point each way, eighty to one with William Hill. That price is still available. You just get the gist with G Mac last week. He started to hit a lot of greens in regulation. Uh, he was he, he, in his interviews. He was uh, very, very pleased with his all-round game. I think he was something like third, or he was either third or sixth in all-round last week in that category. He was third in all-round, three course tip. And he basically was saying he was very, very pleased with his team green game, and that um, he'd been working on a on a fade, and he's really, really pleased that that fade, that you know, that very consistent fade shot, he's got that working again. So uh, Paul's gone for Graham McDowell as his final tip this week at eighty to one, and I, I, I can see a lot of positives in GMAC. I really can. Now, seven thousand one hundred yard golf course. It isn't going to be all about length this week. And if you're hitting fairways, hitting greens, and you've got a decent short game, which we know GMAC has in his pop, um, you know, very very good wind technician. I think he's got a good shout. And as we said, motivation wise, not in the Ryder Cup automatic spots at the moment you know a big very strong finish here could get him right up in the mix in no particular standings and, he, and you know we know he's a major performer that's clearly obvious 2010 years open champion yeah and he'd be a very popular one over on this little island if he did win it um, it was put, putting in the time last week at Troon I could see plenty of social media activity putting in his practice so um, yeah he won at Oakland, didn't he of course where actually the Bombers really did yeah, and on a track of that kind of uh, severity and length, uh, that was good for him to compete. And a few weeks further down the line, a little bit more grind and practice. Absolutely. Seems, seems in good nick. Um, so we've gone through Paul's. Any other kind of long shots on your side, Steve? Well, on my side, so these are the ones to avoid. I've gone... Um, <laughs> Chance this week. If there's one major championship that he's going to that really excel at, 
you just look at his record, you know, he was top amateur back in 2008, 2009, finished third or fourth, just down the coast in Turnbury. Um, you just know he's a fantastic links player, just look at his record. Won his first European Tour event in Qatar, which is always a very weak, defective event, and that's got a really good pedigree with, with top open championship winners and, and uh, contenders. I just think there's a big, big week in Chris Wood. That soft course won't, won't hurt him either. You know, he's long off the tee. Can be just a little bit inaccurate with the driver, but if you've got if you've got fairways where the ball aren't running, you know, isn't running more than 10, 15 yards, that's going to really suit him. So I've gone for I've gone for Chris Wood. I've also gone for Russell Knox at 100 to one. I think Knox is playing some lovely stuff at the moment. Uh, he was second to Rory at the Irish Open a few a uh, few months ago. Tenth last week. Um, a World Golf Championship winner. Uh, at the end of last year so you know he's going down that mental route the other thing with Chris Wood you know a good friend with Danny Willett isn't he they've always got on very very well their kind of careers have mirrored each other I think he'll take a lot of mental strength from what Willett did at the Masters and you know a few weeks or you know, a number of weeks later he goes and wins the biggest tournament of his life being WPGA Championship at Wentworth I, I think Wood's a great shout Knox yeah I think he's got a lot going for a great short game, a real GIR technician, good win player. I've also gone for Scott Pearcey, who I thought at 125 to 1 was a big, big price on someone that's finished second at the US Open and then second at the Bridgestone Invitational. So three players there I really like the look of. Very good. Yeah, Piercy nearly made my list. I think the only thing that uh, just turned me away from him was his lack of open experience. He only played one and a missed cut, but... Um, you know, good form, going to a fair test of golf. Yeah, exactly, fair test of golf, you see. He can play in the wind. He, he's got a number of top 20s over on the coast. He's become quite a, you know, quite a decent uh, major championship performer, or quite a consistent performer at a world level, isn't he? So I just had to include Pierce in those kind of prices. And he all, we also know that he's a very good uh, Ben Poana. Uh, a mixed green putter. He's, he's won two of his uh, three PJ tours on that kind of mixed green. The other one that I had to put in was our friend Paddy Harrington as well. So I, I, I squeezed him in at 125 to one as well. I'm with you on that. I have I have Paddy and my outsiders um, playing pretty good golf. He's uh, and we all know he's got the pedigree for links golf. So uh, a nice price. He's got. He's, a lot closer with the guy that he used to work with from a mental perspective. Barbara Teller. Yeah, I also noticed today that they're doing some kind of um, show the, uh, next Monday and Tuesday. I think it's in Dublin. They are, yeah. It's in. Um, I'll come. The course will come back to me now in a few minutes. But yeah, they're doing they're doing a kind of a, a two two nights. I think two night show. And Tuesday, yeah, and you know. It, Fascinating where they're talking about, you know, talking about the, you know, their experiences on the PGA Tour, major championships from, you know, from both sides of the ropes, if you like. Rogan's Town and Golf Club. That's where it's at. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Just uh, a- yeah, that'd be good to go. I'm sure some of your listeners might. I think there, there were some tickets still available. That'd be quite a good. Uh, if you're in the Dublin area, I thought that'd be a decent kind of one of those two nights would be a. A, a very interesting thing to go to. Yeah, my... you know, I just, I just, could, I couldn't leave him out. I really couldn't, because you just see in his game, like something's clicked, and where he was struggling with greens in regulation, and you know, 
everything seemed to be, uh, uh, you know, struggling. You just you can just tell he went out to Japan a few weeks ago. I, mean, I think he was top ten out there in green to regulation and got a decent finish. And that kind of trend has continued. I just think 125 to one. Uh, he's, he's he's got uh, Rotella uh, at Troon all week. Um, it's just something in it, isn't there? There's just something. There's a if you if you didn't back that, and he gets in the mix this week on on a fair course, but more of a a links type course than St Andrews was last year. I ticked him up last year, 175 to one, more on a whim than anything else, and he was virtually he started the Sunday really uh, the, the Sunday really well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it got, it got very exciting uh, early doors on Sunday. Was it Sunday or Monday? I, I lose track. I, it, it, it was it one or other. Was it a Monday finish? The it's, open last year. Yeah. Sorry. Well, sorry. Yeah. Well, we say Sunday, the, the final day. Yeah. Um, a, and then just fell away. But um, you can see this course suiting him probably a lot more than St Andrews, where you know it's kind of one-dimensional, and this course is going to need, as we said, course management. It's going to need some, you know, some really good uh, scrambling and grinding abilities. Uh, a fantastic win player. He won the Honda Classic last year, didn't he? In 2015. I think Harry. He was fifth here when he uh, fifth here last time he played the course. So I just had to include it. So just to recap on my longer prices, I've got Knox, Wood, Harrington, and Scott Piercy. And of course, I've also gone for that 18 to 1 price on Sergio in the without the top four market. I have one more long priced odds, and this guy has been popping into my head the last few weeks, and with this tournament in mind. Um, so I've gone pretty heavy on him actually. Um, it's Rafa Cabrera Bello. Yeah, another popular pick this week, yeah. He's a great links exponent, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's been playing. Pretty sweet golf recently, you know. Lots of good performances. He's uh, his best record in an Open is only twenty first, but um, you know I'm willing to take him on. I got him at uh, a good piece from about a hundred to one, and then added a little bit more at eighties. So um, yeah, I'm 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 very sweet on him going going well this week. And he had a pretty solid week last week to to lead him into this. He's got form that really connects nicely around a lot of courses, and he, he's done well at the Irish Open in the past, hasn't he? And, and Yeah, so um, whether he can make that mental jump to a major, but that's built into the price at 100 to one, isn't it? Indeed, indeed, it is. Yeah. So um, there's some. I mean, that's that's a lot of the field we've gone over. Um, We always cover about half the field. We well, we kind of have to. We have about an hour, so it's it's good to get get in depth and go through it. And I mean, as we said at the start of the show, this is an open open. I think. there are a lot of guys who are going into this week thinking, I have a very good chance of this. Um, I mean, we, we skipped over Matthew Fitzpatrick and Paul Casey, Mark Leishman. You know, they're three guys that could easily figure as well. Um, we, we could talk an awful lot deeper as well. Um, I'm sure there's a few guys out at 125, 150 to 1 that could to, could poke their head into the mix. Well, BJ Singh popped up a few weeks ago, didn't he, around Congressional? He's 500 to 1, BJ Singh. Yeah. Um, I think I saw Jimenez. My friend Stephen O'Connor pointed out that Jimenez was four hundred to one. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know so uh, there's some serious value out there when you can if you can grab a, a guy you know seven places or at a quarter or a fifth odds or even eight places at a fifth odds with Paddy Power um, you know you can get plenty of run for your money off some uh, very long odds guys Mark Leishman 250 to 1 last year finished second there you go folks see that so you know it happens Mr. Matt Yama back in 2013 was 250 Schneider in 2012 was 175 it's interesting you know if you, I'll I'm just glimpsing an odds checker, but there were there were some names that I looked at as part of my research, and you could build cases for or against. You know, um, Robert Streb, four hundred to one. Now Streb's done nothing in majors, but his greens in regulation game at the moment is finding really uh, good form. And I think he won at Sea Island a couple of years ago in the States, which is a linksy type test out there. You know, that's a that's a random name, but you know, random things can happen here, as we saw with um, with Todd Hamilton. Another one that always jumps out at me are these kind of tour courses and tests, and a player that has played well in the states by the seas, Russell Henley. He won the Honda Classic a few years ago, didn't he? Um, he's available up to three hundred to one. Russell Henley. He's the kind of player you, you kind of bang your forehead when they get in the mix because you think, oh, I couldn't pick him. Kevin Kisner won at Sea Island last year. Played very well. He's played well at uh, Harbour Town in the States. Two hundred to one on Kisner. That seems a quite a generous price. I think he was top uh, top fifteen or something a few weeks ago at the, the World Golf Championship at Firestone. You know, there's a lot of tenuous stuff. Soren Kjeldt's at two hundred to one. And he's a. We all know he can play links golf. He won the Irish Open in ago, disastrous yeah. conditions uh, up the north there. He won two hundred, didn't he? He did. Um, I mean, just two hundred to one is phenomenal. Like his his recent form hasn't been great, but he can just turn it on on a links golf course. Uh, yeah, so have a, have a good look around, folks, and uh, see what you can find. And there's plenty of extra places going this week. I think Paddy seems to be the best with eight places, but there's three or four bookies have seven places. Um, I saw a really good offer through your uh, golf betting system website. Was it for twelve places somewhere? You're taking me up, Barry, aren't you? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> We're a great double act. I like that. But you look at the Open Championship for me, and it always has been. It's always about extended open, uh, extended each way places. You know, uh, when Paul and I started covering golf back in 2009, the first year we went up to Turnbury to watch the Open, and Paddy Power went crazy and went seven places each way, and, and the, the deal was so so popular. You know. Every, you know, I opened up a Paddy Power account on the basis of that. Um, and this year is no different. If you're going to just run through the terms that are available, Paddy Power have got eight places at 50 odds. Uh, Bet Fred have done a novel thing. They've got six and eight places you can choose. Their eight places are a quarter of the odds. Uh, that's an interesting one. If you're looking for straight seven places, a quarter of the odds, Bet Fair Sportsbook. Uh, Stan James and Skybet. You know, Skybet are always a, a prestigious bookmaker when it comes to golf. You know, they cover every tournament every week. They've got seven places each way, so that's worth noting on Skybet. Uh, and a couple of firms have got seven places, but only a fifth of the odds, which doesn't sound quite so attractive. William Hill Coral being those two. Now, you were talking about. Um, uh, uh, an exclusive deal that we've got on Gold Bet system, and it's true. Um, Betway came to 
we said, you know, what can you do in terms of um, what can you do for new customers and what can you do in terms of extended each way places? And um, they came back to us and said, what if we could offer your uh, readers this week 12 places each way? <laughs> we kind of <laughs> 12 places each way? Are you serious? And they said, yeah, 12 places each way for new customers. Um, a £10 each way or €10 Euro each way first bet has to be the first bet and we will pay out 12 places each way uh, a quarter a full quarter of the odds do you want to run with it and we were like uh, yes of course <laughs> it, it, it's a golf it is literally a golf betting system exclusive you cannot get it via Betway uh, you cannot get it uh, via Google any other uh, source on Google um, it's not available on Oddscheck, it's only available at Gold Betting System, it's, a, it's an exclusive. So a genuine 12 places each way, you can have up to £10 each way on your first bet or €10 Euros each way. That's, uh, that's a pretty phenomenal offer and I've never in seven years of covering this seen 12 places each way available, genuine. That's magnificent and that's, that link is available on your website, is that... Brilliant. Yeah, the listeners there, just type gold betting system or open tips or whatever you want to put into your search engine and you will. I'm sure uh, uh, Barry might put a link on on the actual podcast potentially to the site. Uh, You can follow me at Bamford Golf on Twitter uh, and uh, links uh, links are all all available. But that is some shout from Betway, so fair play to yeah, very much. That's a big, big shout. Well done to them, and good luck to anybody if they pick up that offer and uh, you know, get the twelve places. It's, it's that'll keep you interested a long way into the tournament. Absolutely, yes, it's a superb offer. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we go, of course, got to mention um, if anybody missed it earlier in the show, the golf betting system Facebook page is um, a brilliant, brilliant forum for pre and post tournament discussion. But there's a lot of unbelievable knowledge going through that forum and um, not just on the main PGA and European tours but also on the, the other tours as well so it's, it's a great place to pick up some information and ideas and how to form your bets for every week and there's always good banter going on there as well and um, you guys have a little weekly the weekly competitions on there if you pick pick yeah, three we guys always, we, we run a punters league throughout the season so from the first tournament uh, at Kapalua right through to the uh, DP World Tour Championship on the European Tour, the, the season closing finale. Uh, effectively, uh, we run it each and every week. We also have a season prize, which Paddy Power have always been behind the competition, and they, they always give us a £250 or Euro free bet for the overall league winner. And that, you know, to be fair, to win the Punters League, and we have sort of three, four hundred regular players week in, week out, to win it is a phenomenal. So he deserves a, good, a prize of that kind of magnitude, and Paddy Power supply that. But even, you know, forget about the season prize. We, we run a, we, it's twenty-five pound uh, free bet with Paddy Power each and every week. So yeah, come to uh, the Gold Bank System closed group on Facebook. We've got we, we're rounding up to around about three and a half thousand gold punters on there now. And uh, you know, as I always say on, on, on the podcast with you, there's so much knowledge on there. It's uh, it's pretty brutal, really. Uh, making people like myself look uh, particularly, you know, Vauxhall Conference, uh, <laughs> and that kind of that kind of knowledge is across all tours, including the LPGA as well. Uh, 
Um, I know uh, quite, you know, there was lots and lots of knowledge being shared last week about the, the major championship over in the States for the ladies. Um, so, yeah, a, a really good resource, a very good resource. Okay, um, quickly we'll go through those tips from Paul and yourself. Uh, Paul has gone for Dustin Johnson, and just scrolling down to it here, <laughs> he has Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, and Graham McDowell. And Steve, you have? I have uh, bigger prices. I have, and I'm a bit gutted really. I wanted Chris Wood at 100 to 1, but it just disappeared. I've got Chris Wood at 90s. I've got Russell Knox at 100 to 1. I've got Paddy Harrington at 125s. And I've got the phenomenally informed Scott Pearcey at 125 as well. And uh, that really juicy bet on Sergio Garcia, 18 to 1 with Beth Victor without the big four. Yeah, that's my highest stake. I mean, I mean it has to be at 18s, but. When you've got Stan James offering twenties in their general market, I just think eighteen to one without the big four is—it's um, a—it's a very very tasty price, which has been matched by Paddy Power. So you know, for a lot of your guys with that Paddy Power accounts, you can get eighteen with Paddy as well. Very very innovative market that, and um, one that I think Ben Victor and uh, Paddy Power should take some plaudits for for actually putting up. Yeah, smart market, all right, and uh, a brilliant price, very tempting on a, a really good golfer. Um, okay, I, I think that's it. Uh, we, we could keep going, but uh, people have uh, you know only a few hours between now and kick off of the event on Thursday morning at 6.35, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll have the alarm clock set to be up to watch it. Um, <laughs> I, I, this this is my favourite major of the year. I know I probably say it about the Masters and, and the US Open, but... Uh, you know, bullet to my gun to my head. I, this is it. I love this. The, the uninterrupted. Well, sorry, it'll be a tiny bit interrupted by short ads on Sky. But you know, the the all day coverage is just fantastic. It's so enjoyable. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be what interesting to see how their coverage differs to what the BBC used to uh, produce from you know from an innovation perspective. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Hopefully it'll be like the, uh, the usual Sky Sports coverage, but we're on steroids this week. Uh, they, they've started off very well anyway in my book. They've uh, a good kind of setup beside the range there, and they're bringing players in and talking to them and hit, getting to hit some shots, and they're doing plenty of stuff on other social media forums as well. So uh, a, a good start, and hopefully they just kind of keep going. And in this crazy 2016 golf season where everything's been moved around for the Olympics and no one's going to attend, we've got the PGA Championship in two weeks, Barry. Yeah, yeah, it's a um, good time to be uh, to find a bit of form, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. About Terzel, Bolter's role, Bolter's role, I think they pronounce it, in a couple of weeks' time, the, the, the final major, the Wanamaker Trophy, the PGA Championship. So... That's a very short turnaround, isn't it? Open Championship, then a, a lot of the guys are going to go across to Canada for the RBC Canadian Open, and then straight to the PGA Championship. You know, very, very tight schedule this year, all for the Olympics. Indeed, indeed, and hopefully we'll be able to get you back on uh, in a couple of weeks' time for that. We'll preview that one. Yeah, absolutely. No problem at all. Okay, Steve, thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, guys, if you didn't catch it, it's golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Steve is on Twitter. It's at Bamford Golf. Paul, his colleague, is also there, at Golf Betting. 
the Don't Forget the Golf Betting System Facebook group. Brilliant fun. And um, everybody, we hope you have a great Open Championship. Enjoy it. And we hope your bets uh, hope your bets come in and you have a nice little bit of profit uh, on top of a very enjoyable viewing experience. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye, <laughs> 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 Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.